Welcome back, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Beyond the Board. It has been a month since we have released contracts. Uh, contracts. What the hell? I have. <laughs> I, I have work. Practice. I have work and warlocks on the mind. Um, so, but that's what we're talking about. We have the warlock episode this week. Um, a couple things that happened. Uh, and we just couldn't release the last episode, but we're here now. So, and we're going to get everything. Started. We're alive and well, everyone's rocking and rolling. Yeah. We, we, we rocking and rolling. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how, how are the boys doing? Is everyone doing good? I know we, well, I don't know about well, I'm, gonna I'm, say about well. I'm getting over COVID. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I don't know how well this will be received across the airways because I don't know if she listens to it at all, but fresh breakup, so that's fun. Yeah, that's tough, man. But you know, we're out here vibing. Got my boys around me, got my head on straight, and we're, we're trucking along, damn it. Yeah, I was saying that's tough to want, but... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding, bro. That is, you know, one has it hard. You can suck it up. That, no, that, yeah, you know, I'm vaxxed and boosted, and so I basically have just had a cold all week. But that's fine. Yeah, that's that's rough though. We feel bad for you, man. That's yeah, rough, we, buddy. We, we really do. We really do. We. Uh, I appreciate it. When I first got COVID the first time, jeez, uh, 2019. Is that when that, this whole shit started? Um, it knocked yep. me on my ass for the first like three days. Uh, like, I hope you, I hope you didn't go through the same hell <laughs> where it's been a little I, easier. Funny is, I had sorry, I'm eating. That, that's <laughs> fine, bro. That's fine. We're a casual no. podcast. Who cares? I'm drinking a diet coke right now. Yeah, keep this in. I want them to know. Things. I want them to know how human <laughs> we are. Who cares? Anyways, um, we done boys. So I had VIP tickets for Fanex, right? Yeah, I heard about. Oh, that. did you not get to go either? Though? No, I couldn't get to go. Yeah. So yeah, so I had VIP oh. tickets, um, and so I and at work I ran out of PTO. So in order to take those two days off, I was basically working twelve-hour shifts. Damn. Just to hit forty hours before Thursday. Um, but the so Tuesday, so I so I go to bed Monday night and I'm feeling kind of sicky, and I'm like, oh, it's probably because I work twelve hours, and I'm so like anti to disestablishment fuck work mm -hmm. that my body is starting to shut down because i made it work an additional four hours than it's used to <laughs> even though i work a boring and my jeans customer service like but 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 in the back of my mind that's how i was like excusing it i was like oh yeah my body <laughs> just hates work so much that it's like i feel like i'm getting a cold so that's all i felt like so i was like all right cool so i popped some nyquil just thinking it was like a cold not thinking anything of it right. i wake up at 3 a.m with chills damn i am so oh, confused yep. i don't know where i am I'm, I'm like, yeah. what the hell is going on? And I'm still kind of half asleep. So like, I'm hearing voices because it's whatever. I don't remember what I was dreaming about, but like, it was still playing in my head. But like, I was awake. Favorite dreams. It was dreams. just the most disorienting thing. And it was like 3 a.m. So I remember I like muster the strength. Cause I couldn't move to like get up and like go go to the bathroom. I come back, go to sleep, wake up, work another 12 hours. Jeez. Like not even thinking about it. But the entire time I'm like, oh, my body kind of like hurts like we're all these we were getting all the symptoms and you're like nah yeah and i was like well, this is weird and then a couple hours like a couple hours into my 12-hour shift i was like oh i think i have covid i'll get tested after like the shift is over right like it's fine well like why well, I, I like requested like a big test for and it was like for the next day and then my roommate had some rapids da, 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 da. but the funny part is so tuesday was my worst day of symptoms because i had like the full-on like body aches and like yeah. everything on the list and i still work 12 hours <laughs> damn bro that's dedication yeah. man 
because a part of me was like, it's probably not COVID. I mean, like, I was a part of me was hoping it wasn't because I was like, I don't want to miss Fanex. Yeah. Uh, so I worked 12 hours, and then as soon as I clocked out, took the rapid. My roommate was like, no, you have COVID. Um, and then the, the so I texted my boss, and I was just like, yeah, I have COVID, so I'm uh, I'm not gonna work until I feel better. And then I went back to work on Monday. Uh. And yeah, so it's just been a lot of video games and shit. I had some. I had a friend take my ticket for me, uh, and he got me some goodies, so I'm not too bummed. Nice. nice. There's always next year. Anyways, yeah, that was kind of long-winded, but that was my week. <laughs> Damn, bro. Well, my my sad fanex. Sorry to cut you off, Drew, but my sad fanex. I left a few things at the uh, the ex's place mm. since I'm living out in Montana, and one of those things just so happened to be my VIP pass. And she went, huh? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No one got to enjoy it. Oh man, I don't know what's worse: no one enjoying it or your ex taking it and going. <laughs> well, especially because she hates that shit, so it would have been like a hundred percent out of spite. Yeah. But the way that it ultimately was handled, I definitely, definitely wasn't fun. Damn, bro. Well, you know what? Forget about that, and let's dive into the world of war. Let's world talk about Warcraft. selling our. What the frick is going on? The world of warlocks. <laughs> I, that's an easy mistake. That was pretty on point. Oh man! <laughs> Enough <laughs> about having soul sucking relationships. Let's talk about selling your soul to a demon. Hell let's yeah! Talk about getting your soul <laughs> let's freaking let's freaking do it. Okay, so warlock is our class of the week. This is our second to final episode of season one. Cue applause there we go thank you there you um, go so warlocks are, super, <laughs> warlocks are a super fun class uh they are these mystic uh entities that have gone into either servitude or uh indenturement because uh their lust for seeking either power um forbidden knowledge, knowledge um a relic of the past and it's always that like like colin said that cue where it's like oh you sell your soul it reminds me of crowley from uh, supernatural where he sold his soul for three extra inches down below the belt and <laughs> you know it's like whatever's gonna get the job done um and that's kind of how warlocks get this gift. Now, I think it's interesting um, what, like, we think of it as, like, a pure warlock, right? Where they sold something, they went into it, like, sold their souls kind of extremed. Maybe they went into a warlock. It's equivalent like, exchange, pretty much. There, there was something given up to get this power. Yeah, and, like, they... But what if, like, they were already super powerful, but they wanted more, like... Um, Ooh, that's a good example. I'm going to say, I'm watching Rings of Power. So I'm going to say Saruman, you know, he yeah, already yeah. was a powerful wizard, but then he gets corrupted by the ring and wants more. You could say he became kind of a warlock to Saruman, which was Sauron, which was then in to uh, Malkir, I think was the name. Anyways, but it, 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 it would be interesting to have like a dual class between wizard and warlock. I think that'd be super cool. Um, that would be a very powerful busted spell caster. It'd be it'd be lots and lots of spells. So, so for warlock, they are a charisma based caster, which is super interesting. Um, and we talked about this a little bit last time, where uh, charisma. We think it's charisma because um, they need to be somewhat intimidating. Um, 
and charisma is backed behind intimidation is backed behind charisma so we think that's kind of how it works um and i think uh now that i've had you know like three weeks to stew on this class (laughs) I, i think it also comes from charisma because you're bartering with this otherworldly thing yeah that's you're not just you're not just like hey give me stuff you're like hey if you give me this i'll do this for you like you kind of have to have a way with words yeah to get your powers from this otherworldly being or source or whatever you choose so uh warlocks um they like colin said they have to barter they have to negotiate that makes sense with charisma uh, the heart and soul about warlocks are all built around these packs that they make. They get uh, their otherworldly patron, which they pick at level one, which is their subclass. Then they also get packed magic, which is things they get from their um, subclass. Um, there's a bunch of different patrons, and the best thing about warlock is you probably could do anything, um, anything that gives you power, in a sense, right? There's a lot of different stuff to use when you're looking at the subclasses. Like, and even like if there's something not on there, you could be like, oh, I want uh, like a dragon, like a golden dragon. Somehow you become, they give you this power and like you become a warlock to them because they're giving you 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 an exchange. Exactly. So that's kind of how a warlock is. They do have that negative connotation that they sold their soul to the abyss because that is, some stereotypes are true. That is one of them. Most warlocks have come around into existence because they've made crossroad deals. And I'll go more into that when we get to the lore. But thinking of it retrospectively, I would imagine most warlocks keep it a secret that they are warlocks. I bet you they say they're either wizards, sorcerers, or like bards. Or just like have some minor knowledge of arcane. Because most town folk, I imagine if like a warlock shows up in town is like, oh yeah, I'm a warlock. They probably run them out or like try to burn them at the stake, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's pretty much like Salem Witch Trials. It's just like, they're smart, burn them! <laughs> like, I just, I think they just like are ultimately superstitious about them. And yeah. so they probably have that. You can use that as a player um, where your character is always somewhat superstitious or not superstitious, you're weary of people finding out that they are warlocks because they've had such a negative. It's just treatment throughout. Yeah, negative treatment. past. Exactly. So, like, that's something you can do. Maybe you keep it a secret and you pose as a wizard. So everyone's like, oh, you're a wizard. You must know how to learn all this. And, like, it'd be fun to role play, like, oh, yeah, this is what that spell does. And you're like, <laughs> inner turmoil. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And I think it would be fun to party with a wizard while you have that role playing going on because they're just watching you, like, I see what's going on. You're, you're not fooling me. Yeah. So it, it, it is kind of cool. Um, the bread and butter of Warlock class, excuse me, is built around the pack magic and Eldritch Invocations. So uh, Eldritch Invocations are s- uh, spell-like abilities that you're able to get um, through this packed boon that you have. So there are a bunch of different Eldritch Invocations. You get them at second level um, and they have just crazy things as part of them um i'm gonna read a couple of them but we already know what the number one is can you guys tell me i was gonna say if you say anything besides pact of the blade i would be real sad oh no pa- no no uh invocations eldritch blast i think oh. one said it so invocations um are like 
buffs they're like power-ups that you get eldritch blast is just a cantrip uh just you can specific... get invocations oh, okay okay boost your eldritch blast though that's what i'm saying that, okay cool yeah so but your bread and butter as what he's getting at is your bread and butter as a warlock as someone who is currently playing a warlock or at least a multi-class yeah. um is eldritch blast if you do not yeah. eldritch blast if you do not take the eldritch blast cantrip as a warlock you are literally stupid yep like, it's almost like having a cleric that doesn't heal anyone. I mean, that one's a little bit more for like a role play reason because, like, I mean, you can you can but, I mean you can play a D domain tempest cleric. You never have to heal anyone because you, you're the danger. But uh, when it comes to warlocks, literally, you have you your kit revolves around eldritch blast. Nine like fifty percent of the invocations are different ways to boost it. So like always take eldritch blast plus it it grows with you since it's a cantrip it gets better as you level up true you can literally look like iron man in infinity war where he has like the seven beams that pop out around him and just shoot uh uh maul the dark black black golf whatever the fuck his name is you don't know talk about <laughs> um by the time you hit level 17 you'll have four beams if you have yeah. a beam that runs that long majority of you will probably make it to 11 with three beams but that's still pretty damn awesome. Yeah, and like, there's someone like Magic Missile, you don't have to target the same one with all three beams, you can target multiple of them and their attack rolls for each, so it's pretty crazy. God, that, it's so broken, but it's so badass. So Again, it, it's at level 17, so it's not too broken, but it's so worth the grind to oh, get. But at that point- You to hit with each one. Yeah, but, yeah. but at that point, you're probably hitting over 70% of the time, I would imagine. Yeah. Um. So warlocks are an interesting spell uh, spell caster because they are not the typical one. Meaning, it, when you're looking at the character list, they have cantrips known, spells known, spell slots, spell lo slot level, and invocations known. Those are the columns within the table. Now, the cantrips known is just like any other character. They have X amount of cantrips that they can learn. It caps out at four. And then spells known you know that many spells spell slot is how many spells you can cast but this is the one that's different for every single class this one is spell slot level so at level two you get your first spell slot level or i'm sorry at level one and it starts off at first level any spell you cast is at first level not a big problem because you only have access to first level once you hit level three and four it's second level so even if you cast a level one spell it is going to be powered up to a second level spell slot. You don't have an option here. So meaning when it caps out at fifth level at level um, nine and you cast magic missile at level one, you have to cast it as a fifth level magic missile. There's not an option. So warlocks are the shotgun of spellcasters. It's all just yeah. power, <laughs> you know, and it's no option. It's going to spray far and fast. I was going to say, it, it is spray and pray too, because sometimes depending on how you're built, it's just like, okay, do the spell, close your eyes and like aim it. It's just like, I hope I do the right one. And it, it's a really fun uh, mechanic that they built into it. Somewhat confusing. Um, you will notice when you pick your other patron, and we'll get into those that the, you do get spell slots uh spell uh spells above fifth level and let's dive into how that works so at level six you get sorry not level six 
you get where is it <laughs> <My God. laughs> it's level 11 there it is mystic arcanum what mystic arcanum does it it gives you one spell slot to cast at above fifth level which is sixth level it's all about your you've done service well your warlock has bestowed more gifts upon you uh, not warlock your patron and so you're able to cast higher magic which is at level 11 sixth level this increases to seventh level and then eighth level and eventually ninth level at 17. you get one spell slots for each of these and you get all of them back after you finish long rest so that's kind of how it's balanced a bit. You do get one of each of those. So you'll have one, six, seventh, eighth, and ninth by the time you hit 17th level. And then a shit ton of fifth level. <laughs> so um, that's that's how Warlock's... Pretty powerful spell casting as you go up. Yeah. That's what we're getting at. <laughs> and, but, the, but the thing, Juan already said it, like they're not... Like they have spell casting in their second hand. This is why I think, you know... Like, they yeah. have this minimum amount of magic they can dive into to cast of, but they are built around these Eldritch Boons invocations, Eldritch Blast, and which you can upgrade on, which allows you to do really sick shit. So, like, um, at level 18, uh, sorry, level 20, you have eight of them. It's at 18 19 20 you have eight invocations which are super nuts they have a bunch of prerequisites and build on each other and that is their main i would say damage output you're gonna look at spells typically second or very situational yeah so but that but is, i think that part could, is per, per level up, you can switch out your your invocations so it's like oh, oh yeah, this one sure. this one kind of i'm not really feeling this one i can switch it out um a lot of them let you cast spells for yeah. free yeah. So, like, I'm just scrolling on a random one. Whispers of the Grave, pre prerequisite. You have to be level 9. That's fine. Uh, you can cast Speak with Dead at will without expending a spell slot, which means you can just do that whenever the hell you want. You just cast Speak with Dead. Um, another one, uh, there's Undying Servitude. All you need to do is be a 5th level. It says you can cast Animate Dead without using a spell slot. This one, however, once you do so, you can't cast it again this way until you finish a long rest. So there's some caveats to some of them, but a lot of the invocations just give you free spells on top of other ones like boosting your other class yeah and it, it it makes them super versatile because like you have 20 levels to swap them out you know and they're you start off with two i think yeah two and then just goes up from there in multiples of two so it's super sweet um they it's it's a cool class feature and it gets even stronger when you pick your patron um so that's all i have for the main class features should we get into the subclasses okay Alrighty, let's freaking do it. Who wants to go first? I'll kick us off. Let's freaking go, dude. I'm super big into the Lovecraftian shit, even though he's not the greatest of all people. Uh, so my subclass was going with the uh, the Great Old One. And the description is, Your patron is a mysterious entity whose nature is utterly foreign to the fabric of reality. It might come from the far realm, the space beyond reality, or it could be one of the Elder Gods known only in Legends. So pretty much your patron is like cthulhu um, pretty much things that outdate your understanding of what gods are and at first level once you get your patron you get awakened mind which your alien knowledge gives you ability to touch the mind of other creatures so you can telepathically speak to any creature you see within 30 feet so it's pretty much like mind link but you get it right at first level so that's real nice 
Then 6 level you get Entropic Ward. You learn to magically ward yourself against attack and to turn an enemy's failed strike into good luck for yourself. When a creature makes an attack roll against you, you can use a reaction to impose disadvantage on that roll. If the attack misses you, your next attack against the creature has disadvantage. So you impose disadvantage, and if they miss, which they likely are going to, it gives you advantage. But you only get it once per short rest. Oh no. <laughs> and at uh, 10th level you get Thought Shield. Your thoughts can't be read telepathically or means unless you allow it. You also have resistance to psychic damage, and whenever a creature deals psychic damage to you, that creature takes the same amount of damage that you do. And that's just automatic. It doesn't take reaction or anything like that. Then at 14th level, you get Create Thrall, which you gain the ability to infect Humanoid's mind with alien magic of your patron. You can use your action to touch an incapacitated Humanoid. That creature is then charmed by you until a removed curse spell is cast on it. The charmed condition is removed from it, or you use this feature again. You can communicate telepathically with a charmed creature as long as you two are on the same plane of existence. So you pretty much have... It gives me, like, Michonne from Walking Dead, where she just has the walkers, but they're a little more capable of doing shit. And the spells you get are Dissonant Whispers, Tasha's Hideous Laughter, which is very fun to play with, Detect Thoughts, Phantasmal Force, Clairvoyance, Sending, Dominate Beast, Everett's Black Tentacles, which that's... Whenever anyone thinks of Warlocks, that's kind of what they envision, like just making a portal to the otherworldly side and tentacles come out and whip someone through. Then your fifth level spells are Dominate Person and Telekinesis sweet that's pretty strong <laughs> yeah it, it's a pretty cool one uh doing the great old one i actually played warlock as the great old one as a patron and it, it's it's a fun mechanic um i it it kind of reminds me of um enchantress from suicide squad in the oh, dc universe go. yeah yeah where she's just the scientist that was digging through happened to stumble upon this otherworldly like predated god that just infected her and she doesn't really have a choice but she can't say no mm -hmm. I, I i just like that not selling yourself but just being trapped yeah i dig that that's pretty cool um so i'll go next uh the subclass that i picked uh was the genie subclass um i like genie lore i think it's pretty cool especially the genies within DD are a little different than the typical genie that you rub in the lamp I mean, they still can be, <laughs> but and they're they're way more dastardly too. If like when you imagine genies in any other lore, D and D makes it way worse. Yeah, so there are different kinds of genie. When you pick this one, you can roll on a table or pick a genie off of here. They each D genie is associated with an element. So there's the Dao, which are the earth genie, the Dejini, which are the air, the Ifriti, which are fire, and the Myriad, which is water. So these uh, genies each have their specific abilities that they bestow. Um, and then there's the regular genie spells. So the spell list is kind of broken down into categories. So like, let's say you pick the Dejini spells, the Dejini as your patron, you would get... Um, a bunch of spells that are just for genies but specifically the genie spells would also give you thunder wave gust of wind wind wall greater invisibility and seeming because they're based around air abilities you know um and then the regular genie spells which are just all great you got detect evil and good the phantasmal force at level two create food and water uh phantasmal killer creation and then wish at ninth level 
which is nuts. <laughs> Warlock who has access to Wish, crazy stuff. Um, which also I think the probably the Myriad has the best abilities if you wanted to look at those. They get Fog Cloud, Blur, Sleet Storm, Control Water, and Cone of Gold. All amazing, amazing things. So what's really great about the genie subclass their spells are are pretty good but what's really like takes over the top for me is they get genie's vessel which is has a bunch of actions with it you get to pick a small artifact that the genie like communicates you with or that like resided in so like an oil lamp an urn a ring uh, a bottle a statue something like that uh, as an action you can enter into it and magically vanish and enter into your vessel where it's uh, warm temperature there's cushions in there and you can just hang out there for like a short and long rest and you can hold about eight people in there with you so at level one you can just pop into it whatever it's uh has a dc and hit points and if it breaks you can perform a ceremony in an hour you get another one um elemental gift you know you get to have resistances to the kind of patron that you chose so the dejini uh, would be air, thunder for, uh, fire for your tea, and a bunch of other stuff. Sanctuary vessel, you get at level ten. You can actually take people with you into the vessel. Um, I think of some scenarios where that'd be really cool, where you're trying to infiltrate something and like you drop a lamp in the castle <laughs> and like your whole party. Dude, if you Trojan horse someone with that, that yeah. would be the dirtiest. Or like maybe <laughs> you like have a lamp and you like bejewel the shit out of it and <laughs> make it look super pretty and then like you all hop into it and your bard sells it to someone and then you all pop out of it later pretty cool stuff um and then finally this is just absolutely gas uh limited wish at 14th level your uh patron grants you a small wish as an action you can speak your desire to your genie's vessel the lamp or whatever you have requesting the effect of one spell that is six level or lower lower and has a casting time of one action the spell can be cast from any class's spell list and you don't need to meet the requirements in that spell including costly components the spell takes action takes effect as part of this action can't use it after 1d4 days so it's kind of nuts you're chilling you cast greater restoration <laughs> just by yeah. wishing it uh revivify uh flame strike uh cure mass wounds it's yeah it's all kind of nuts they they're just sitting there you know what spell i want to know at 14th <laughs> level they just became the most versatile character in the game so it's uh every 1d4 <laughs> days um <laughs> But still, pretty nuts. That's the genie class. I think there'd be some really cool stuff you could do, like Jafar vibes, and it, it's fun. So that's the one I chose for this week. The one I went with, um, I'm actually currently playing this, and I'm very excited to get more shit with it. Super excited. Um, but I went with the Hexblade. Um, basically, it's you've made a patch with a mysterious entity that manifests itself in a weapon, basically. Um, and it's either an entity has forged it for you, or maybe it's a sentient weapon that you've uh, befriended. We're uh, still, Parker and I, our DM, are still trying to figure out, hash out how exactly that's going to play out. Um, so we'll see. He just he did say I'm going to get a dope sword at one point that'll essentially be like the sword. But That's awesome. Very excited. Anyways, uh, so the spells that you get, um, which are kind of exciting. So for first, you get shield and wrathful smite. Uh, second, you'll get Blur, Branding uh, branding Smite, 
here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of the smite smite sm spells because I'd rather just like play a paladin and actually smite. <laughs> uh, but all of the other spells on this are pretty dope. So like a third level third level spell slot, I'll get blink and elemental weapon, which basically makes any weapon I hold magical. Uh, a fourth level, I'll get phantasmal killer uh, and another smite. Fifth, I'll get banishing smite. That is actually a smite that I fuck with. It's rad because you're banishing people. Uh, and banishing is always fun, makes you feel like a badass, and then Cone of Cold. Uh, for the actual, like, abilities that you get from it, starting at first level. So my character has this right now, I just haven't used it yet. Um, I gain a bonus dam I gain a bonus to damage rolls against cursed targets. So I gain a curse that I can give people that lasts for a minute, and it'll end if the target dies, I die, or I'm incapacitated. Um... So I gain a bonus to people that I've cursed. The bonus equals my proficiency bonus, which goes up as I level up, which is pretty dope. Any attack roll I make against the cursed target is automatically a critical hit on the 19 or 20 instead wow. of just the 20. And then if the cursed target dies, I regain hit points equal to my warlock level plus my charisma modifier, um, which is pretty dope. Granted, I can only use it per shorter long rest, but still pretty good. Um, so if I'm ever fighting, I'm essentially the one you want to send up the boss. Um, I also gain... Let's see, Hex Warrior, uh, first level. I gain the uh, training necessary to effectively arm myself for battle. I, I get proficiency with medium armor, shields, and martial weapons. Uh, my personal warlock's a, f uh, a fighter multi-class, so I, I already had that stuff, but that's fine. Uh, what's cool is that the influence of my patron allows me to mystically channel my will through a particular weapon. Which, uh, so, which is why I don't have like my OP weapon at like, level 2 right now. Um, I just have whatever daggers... Parker's granted me with, but uh, whenever I finish a short or long rest, I can touch one weapon that I'm proficient with that lacks a two-headed property. When I attack with that weapon, I can use my charisma modifier instead of strength or dex for the attack damage rolls. Uh, and then this lasts until I finish a long rest. And then from there, sixth level, we get a cursed specter. Um, I can curse the soul of a person I slay, temporarily binding them to my service. When I Damn. slay a humanoid, which sucks because it can't be like a dragon. Which would be fucking. That'd be so, so fucking <laughs> rad. I can. You just summon a dragon like in uh, Lord of the Rings three style. Just show up to <laughs> battle and ghost dragon just pops up. That'd be so rad. But no, it has to be humanoid. I can cause its spirit to rise from the corpse as a specter, which gains the the specter statistics in the monster manual. Um, it gains temporary hit points equal to half my warlock level and it um, has its own initiative and, and turn, and then it obeys my verbal commands. It also gains a special bonus to its attack rolls equal to my charisma modifier. Um, the specter remains on my surface until the end of my next long rest, at which point it vanishes to the afterlife. Uh, and then I can do this per long rest, which so I can do it once a day. Uh, but yeah, just once a day, I can kill someone and then just, all right, cool, you work for me now. I'm basically a, a baby necromancer. It's kind of rad. Um, I gain Armor of Hexes at 10. It's another bump to my Hex Curse, where if a target that's cursed by my, by my Hexploit's Curse hits me with an attack roll, I can roll on a reaction a d6. On a 4, 5, or 6, the attack misses me, regardless of whatever Parker rolled. Dang. Uh, which is pretty broken. That is super I'm broken. <laughs> We're not going to get that until, like, character level... Until we're all like level fifteen with how my multi class is gonna go, so we might not see it depending on how I don't know. It depends on how late our campaign goes, uh, and then starting at fourteenth level, um, once it, I can spread my curse from a slain creature to another. So if I kill someone, I don't. I can then move the curse 
to another person so it just kind of keeps carrying on instead of me only being able to do it for rests uh but yeah that's basically the hex blade it pairs really well if anyone's thinking of, of uh creating a hex blade it pairs really really well with the pack to the blade feature as um your bonuses and stuff so pack to the blade let me pull it up so I can actually explain it because it's actually pretty fun and I'm very excited for it. So it's under pack magic. You don't you can basically play a hex blade without actually going hex blade if you just take pack to the blade under your uh pack magic boon. At third level, your otherworldly you patron bestows a gift upon you for your loyal service. You gain one of the following features of your choice. So you pick pack to the blade instead of Tome and Chain. Tome and Chain are fine, I guess, but if melee warlocks are badass and this is where it's at. But you gain, you use your your action to create a pack weapon in your empty hand. So you can basically like, you can be like an assassin. You can like walk in to a party, get first stab, nothing, and then you cast your pack to the blade feature, and you just conjure a fucking weapon. If you're a hexblade, you gain all the hexblade bonuses for the sword you just conjured, Dang. Um, which is pretty dope. That is really dope. There's also a bunch of other stuff you do with it, like you're you automatically proficient in whatever you create. Um, the weapon automatically counts as magical. You're getting all this at level three, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which for me won't be won't be till like level eight. That's the one bad part about multi-classing and my little roadmap I painted for myself. Um, but yeah, it's like your pack weapon disappears if it's more than five feet from you. Um, you can transform one magic weapon into your pack weapon by performing a special ritual while you hold the weapon. So you you're not just like stuck to using just your conjured stuff. You can also, if your DM is nice enough to give you an awesome sword. Uh, you can also make it your packed blade, which is pretty dope. But yeah, that pairs really well with hex blades, uh, and hex blades are dope. How long does that ritual take to like re uh, reconstitute your a new weapon or whatever? Um, it's literally just an action. <laughs> well, fuck me. <laughs> Not bad so, at all. Unfortunately, it does take a turn. So yeah, but still, I thought that was going to take like an hour or something, because an <laughs> hour versus an action is. Yeah, so, uh, so it's it's like five seconds. Yeah, that yeah, wow. Just says you can use your action to create a pack weapon in your empty hand. So your hands just have to be empty, and then you just have it eat a turn. Use your bonus to cast like some some something a bonus spell that'll like buff you. Use your movement to position yourself. Boom! By the time you have your next turn come around in the initiative order, you have a magical weapon that in your hand. In air. That's nuts. <laughs> I kind of want to play a fucking warlock next time. That's one class that I actually I don't think I've ever ever played a warlock. They're pretty fun, and I'm so excited to play with Juan's character. And I think we're going. Oh, especially for a long run, so. Yeah, Parker has said this is for the long run, and the amount of work that you have said you've put into the backstory and the thought of how you want this character build. I'm excited. Well, I'm also excited to see Drew play as well. It's fun when he steps back from behind the. Uh, DMC. Yeah, it's it's super fun. I'm super excited. Um, so that's the subclasses. Super fun. Um, oh. Going into our characters we came up with, uh, mine's super basic, I would say, compared to the, some of the stuff I've already done. Um, I think what my character would do is they are studying at some university makes sense right because i'm a college student um and <laughs> they are having a really hard time passing this course and so they sell like they enter into uh 
a contract to gain knowledge on the course exam and they pass the class with no with pro no problem because of this packed magic but now they're indentured and like this poor college student was like i i just need to pass this class and now i'm out here like trying to take over the world <laughs> what did i sign up for like, probably like uh oh i don't i don't even know like a chaotic evil probably character where they're like i really don't want to do this but I don't want to get like my degree taken away from me in the workplace, <laughs> so I better just follow along. <laughs> you're 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 just the warlock, Chad. <laughs> so I gotta murder these people, dude. I don't want to lose my credibility. <laughs> uh, so that's probably what I would do as my character, kind of memey, but it still would be pretty fun. Maybe for just like a one shot or something. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it takes to sell your soul, but in a funny way. It's not like, I need this to save my people. <laughs> it's just like, no, nah, bro, I want to pass this test. Fuck like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went with... I, I pretty much made a Power Ranger for my character. Rock on. Um, it's a adventurer who gets dared to go check out just like a crater hits outside of town and he's at the bar the tavern with his friends and he kind of runs his mouth he's like i'll go out there and touch it if you guys pay for my next round nice he goes out there touches the relic and he just gets inhabited by this otherworldly being he slowly learns how to start controlling it but pretty much that that like entity runs the show so pretty much like you were saying, I feel like he'd be chaotic neutral, but instead of trying to cover his own ass, it's like the Dr. Jekyll and Hyde mentality. Like he he can see what's going on and he knows it's wrong, but he can't put the brakes on. Yeah, that's my character. That's sweet, dude. I've always wanted to do like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde like theme. I always looked at doing like a barbarian where like when they rage, they like yeah skin like goes green goblin stuff and then like when they finally calm down they're like totally blacked out and they're like what the hell happened i think that would be super fun stick i've got the mind goblin <laughs> mind goblin these nuts <laughs> exactly that's where we are going. oh man uh what'd you come up with one uh, i had to i had to <laughs> never change one <laughs> So my thing that I went with was, uh, my, yeah, you guys said it, uh, it's the character I, I came up with. So I named him after an old mission companion of mine, um, whose last name was Matsumoto. He's a cool dude. I don't think he listens to this podcast. He's super fluent in English like he could, but I just, he's, I just don't think that man would ever play D&D. He's way too busy. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> too busy partying it up in Okinawa. Anyways, his first name is Terunaga, uh, cause we were walking one day and we were talking about how, um, their last names or the, their first names can be anything and they'll use just any character that sounds cool to them um which is a fun fact for you so his characters and his meaning is eternal light but that's not actually how you would say it but that's just how his parents named him they're just like yeah we like the sound terunaga it's gonna mean eternal light these are the symbols we're giving for your first name um and just terunaga that's sounds so badass, badass. <laughs> So yeah, my character's name is Terunaga or uh, Terunaga Taro. Taro is like a moniker slash last name or family name they give to folk heroes. So like Jim Bridger, like an American folk hero, his like he, essentially his name would be like Jim Taro if he was Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> like there was another character I was running for a bit 
Um, I I go with a lot of Japanese naming conventions just because it's and it's mainly because of that whole conversation I just had about the symbols because the symbols mean a lot of things. Um, like so, currently my Discord name on this server that we're in is Momotaro, and Momotaro is a monster slayer in folklore who was born out of a peach, which is where what what Momo is. Um, but anyways, yeah. So Terunaga is a is a warlock fighter slash uh, technically well. Samurai subclass on fighter, but he's a warlock fighter sub uh, multi class. His whole thing is his island. I forgot what Parker named it. I think it's literally Island Nation in Japanese. Oh, Shimaguni. Yeah, yeah. It's island Nation in Japanese. But he is like a, a high up official in their like government. Um, he serves the emperor, who is an actual dragon, and he essentially is like the drag the dragon emperor's like enforcer. So like he goes out, he kills who needs to be killed. Uh, like just essentially it's just like the muscle which is where like the whole samurai fighter stuff comes with he one day on a mission came uh in a duel won a magical sword from someone and came across an entity in the sword because it was a sentient sword came across an entity who told him that one day he would suffer greatly and that his family would be slaughtered uh, and that the sword would grant him the power not necessarily to stop it but to do something about it and all he had to do was make a pact with it because the sword wanted to watch. Um, and so that's that's where it started from. In the campaign, he it's kind of explained, because we started at level one, why he wasn't a warlock yet. He hadn't taken the deal. Uh, but now that we know what the plot of the campaign is, and now that we have to save the world, he is terrified because he's like, oh shit, we have to deal with some time gods. Uh, I'm just a lonely little samurai. I can't do anything. And so there was a whole scene uh last session where he went off into the woods and did like a little ritual and basically told the sword even though he doesn't have it on him he told the entity in the sword all right yeah i'm ready i'll do it like give me power and that was me taking my first level in warlock which was and it was beautiful yeah that's that's awesome like we're so excited for this campaign like it's gonna be so i I will say i'm very proud because there's one person we're playing with that usually doesn't step out of their comfort zone with the role playing and they've actually been doing pretty well this campaign he is shout out he is he he's coming quite along and he's played a panda bear so (laughs) unless you're talking about another friend which i feel like i feel like a bunch of people are coming to other shells which is super awesome like the, a lot of the shells and they're doing just fine. They're doing, they're, they're doing the Lord's work, my man. Um, God, I gotta be good because I want it all. Thank Started you. out with the kids. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. You caught it. <laughs> yeah. What's new? Me not getting stuff. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, going into the lore of warlocks, I've cardio already party uh, yeah it's late (laughs) i've already kind of mentioned how warlocks are probably perceived and i'm not going to get too much into that kind of lean into that as a character i would say maybe be a little bit more harder to open up to people it kind of really drive home that you are estranged because of a certain reason um so our warlock for the week is going to be jafeth donard uh jafeth is a character uh who is made up by Bruce R. Cordell. He's the author of Plague Spell series. Uh, this was published by Wizards of the Coast back in 2008. Uh, watch the name. I'm sure it's going to come up in one D&D, especially as we start doing the Spelljammer type stuff, um, because I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. So before we get into that, Jed Jafeth Donard is known for being a warlock who made a fey pact with the archfey Nephion, which is the lord of bats in the Feywild. 
So pretty much Dracula over there. Um, uh, a little bit about Nephion. He's known for making lots of deals because he likes not necessarily to have servants, but to see chaos. And so he'll ask them to do a bunch of strange tasks. Um, Japheth inherited a gem which held his contract that he wore around his neck for most of his life, and that gave him his fae-like abilities. Um, the one that he is most famous for is he could summon uh, a swarm of bats from his cloak, which were from um, uh, the castle. What was the castle's name? Uh, Derok Castle, which was it, the realm of bats in the Feywild. Super cool stuff. Um, I imagine kind of like Itachi with ravens or crows, but with bats. Super cool. Um, in his later life, he got into some problems with a thieves guild and they were in charge of stealing emerald pendant so he started going uh on like the other end of the law spectrum um he was a novice at the library of the candle keep but he was kicked out because he made a deal with the lord of bats and they saw him as a danger um during the 1394 uh dr Dale Reckoning, he his pendant actually got destroyed, and so he lost his Fae-like contract, and so he lost all his abilities. But this is the key. This is why I think we'll see him come up in Spelljammer, because he started a new pact with an elder evil Nahal and became a star pact warlock. And in, I don't know much because I haven't had time to dig into these books, but it says that he's able to call on Rending Fear of Kehard and A Blaze of Ulban, which are both elder entities that swirl around the cosmo cosmos in the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, uh, anyways, the space, whatever space is in D&D, that's what it's called. The astral plane, there we go. Um, so a little bit about the uh the entity that he uh came in contract with uh nahal it's this giant star serpent and we just got star dragons <laughs> right that's coming out or solar dragons so kind of the same thing um which moves around devouring other stars so i imagine it's going to come up quite a bit super super cool stuff he's definitely chaotic evil um and he's got an addiction to this drug called traveler's dust which gives him mad um illusory dreams and like almost like lucid dreaming um but it also is known to corrupt the soul and heart so this is the first time i've looked into narcotics in DD, and it's been kind of interesting uh the first origins of traveler's dust came from the abyss they said it was a tears of a slain demon so somehow it's still being mass produced who knows <laughs> so um, also since you brought up the damn dragon sorry to tangent no no do it how the hell are you going step step the ante up from what what was the strongest dragon before this a gold dragon an ancient gold dragon and pretty much give us fucking galactus yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, a, a world devourer of a dragon pretty much yeah it's gonna be kind of <clears throat> interesting to see what goes on with that um and yeah that's our warlock for the week uh jafeth donard you could throw him into any campaign and spell jammer maybe he's running around with this uh serpent or something i don't know pretty cool stuff check out the bruce r cordell series there's so many of them and there's been so many good reviews on it uh they're on my next they're on my reading list so 
Um, yeah, that's it for the lore. Uh, Juan, what do you got for us? You I'll be straight up. You guys remember the character from last week? From oh. when we tried to when we tried to record this episode. I do. Not that. What? Yep, I do. Damn it! I was hoping you guys would forget. <laughs> I did because I was just gonna use it again. Yep. <laughs> Who was it, Drew? It was Light from Death Note. Which That's is perfect right. because Drew was low in the episode we tried to record that ended up not getting released due to technical difficulties. Uh, Drew won. So, yes, the Warlock of the Week is Light Yagami from Death Note. As he had to make a... He made a deal with Ryuk, the Shinigami. Um, this, their whole their, their whole pact was, yeah, use my Death Note because I'm bored. And when you die, I get to be the one who writes your name in the Death Note. That is, to the letter, a Warlock pact. Yeah. I write a name and I eat a chip. <laughs> and I highly recommend Death Note. You'll get that reference if you do. It's great. It's so good. Uh, not the fucking, not segment, the live action. I'm gonna go through some of my uh, other favorite honorable mentions for Warlock. Uh, and this is my. We're obviously not getting paid for this, but um, I'm gonna put everyone on Chainsaw Man because uh, it is one of the greatest things ever made. And you can make an argument that actually not even you can't make the argument because it's literally too <laughs> every single character in Chainsaw Man is a fucking warlock. That is exactly how their magic system works. <laughs> um, all of the entire premise of it is that devils exist, and in order to fight them, humans make deals with lesser evil devils so that way they can gain powers. They are literally all warlocks. Every single devil hunter that you see in that show is a warlock. They've all made a deal with someone to get some sort of ability so that way they can fight devils. And literally my character backstory for the character I was talking about earlier is based off of, a, I won't spoil it, but one of my favorite characters in the show who loses his first devil due to reasons and then has to make a deal with another one. And when he makes that deal, it's with the future devil. And the, this is so cool. He gains the ability to see like... 10 seconds into the future out of his left eye and it's because the devil tells him some shit's gonna happen that i want to see and so that's all i want to make a deal with you is let me just live in your left eye so i can see what you see because i want to see this happen uh and he and in exchange you can see 10 seconds into the future and so he gets very op because he basically has um sharingan because he can just see ahead and knows exactly where he needs to move. That's nice. Um, also, another honorable mention: Power Rangers. Power <laughs> Rangers. Also, all yes. warlocks. Yes. Zordon is their patron. Power coins. Shout, out, power shout coin. out to the fucking warlocks. Oh, did you guys see the thing I sent you? Now that we're talking about Power Rangers, the artificer uh, artifact, the power oh, morpher. That's a, that's a morpher. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> It gives you Regardless, like you, you can you can make an argument that they're also artificers, but I'm just saying, or they're also paladins because Jason Lee Scott, the Red Ranger, was literally our paladin of the of the week. But yeah. also, all you can make an argument, Power Rangers are also warlocks. I don't, this is this is kind of fun. You guys, what do you, give me give me some some social media warlocks? Dude, I had okay. I already How said mine was Enchantress because obvious reasons. She. Dropped into this hole, like, excavating to, like, figure out this ancient civilization like no one has seen it before. Accidentally broke open a relic, and now this old god just inhabits her body, and she's just sitting in the back seat. And uh, Gore, uh, the god busher from the uh, Marvel Universe. Oh, he's Gore, literally a hexblade. 
Yeah. He finds out all gods are false. He slices his hand on the blade. At least this is the MCU iteration. I don't know how close to the comics is. I didn't I didn't know about gore before the movie, honestly. I wasn't that like balls deep. Slices his hand on a blade. It realizes that he wants to start killing gods and it's like, all right, I fucks with you, but you're gonna have to give up your life. And he's just like, I don't see how this is a curse. So he's just that full, like, he's just full evil. There's nothing chaotic, lawful. It's just true evil until he gets to the end. And that's just a beautiful story. Uh, you people that said, go ahead, what? go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say people that said that movie wasn't good can suck a toe. <laughs> Um, uh, the one that I would say is Naruto. You could argue that uh, the Nine Tails within him is his patron because nice. it gives him, you know, powers, <laughs> and like it taps him when like he's emotional and stuff. And like when he needs it the most, he's like, "You damn fox, help me out!" You know, like that's totally warlock and. Patron. And as he levels up in life, he gets more control over. Yeah. He's just like, "Listen, we got the common goal of staying alive for a good time." Yeah, it's like his. Uh, he made a pa his patron is like the arch uh druid <laughs> like arch druid yeah where, where they could like actually form bodies and stuff so i don't know there's some there you cool go. things those are those are our warlocks uh the final score for our season finale is uh drew has three colin has two so it's either ties up or i get my ass whooped yeah so either true. drew sinks all the way home or you get your ass whooped and i'm not gonna lie it's it could go tough. either way because I've had Wizard picked out for the longest time, and neither of you will ever get it. Yep, it's going to be tough, so I, I'm excited. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for a wonderful episode of uh, Beyond the Board. One more to go. Finally. And then season finally, one is over. Finally. We appreciate the again. shit out of you. <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually really... made a deal with the devil, and I've said that if our podcast blows up, um, we would stop talking about D&D. &D. So, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being patient with us getting this episode out. It's, in our opinion, always worth it. We had hope for you guys to wait for this stuff, and... It's been a fun ride for the last few months. Has it been a year at this point? We're coming no, close. No, we started in January. We're coming close. <laughs> We're almost there. I mean, if we keep we on this much. pace, we might release our finale <laughs> the year one. <laughs> That'd be nuts. Um, Fuck please. you. We're going to have it out next week. <laughs> We're going to have it out next week. We promise. <laughs> well, when you listen to it, it'll be a week. <laughs> so, um, But please check out Patty Knox. He's cooking up something really cool for us in the lab. Uh, he's been a great supporter and listener of the show. Please show the same report on him for SoundCloud. So, uh, Well, let's go play some D&D, &D, boys. Let's get out of here.